Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly. Thank you, clean. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine. The glory holds like a, a like dick theater of a magic Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Podcast land, microphone people, listeners, <laughs> readers, if you're reading this, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> but you didn't say hello to me. Hi, Bradford. Hi, Angela. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm a little sore. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Bradford's undergoing the new by the by workout. Yes. Uh-huh. And, um. How's it going for you? I'm surviving. I'm mm-hmm. not thriving yet, but I am surviving. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, look, it's. I like to run. I'm a runner. Mm-hmm. I was born to run from zombies, bears, bullies, and then to boobies and balls. <laughs> I was born to run away from and to things, towards things. Right. So, uh, yeah, so, so far, so, so. So. So far, so, so. All right. So what so. do we have coming up that you're going to run to? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I can do this. All right, Bradford, it's you and me, buddy. <laughs> You don't like me, brain, and I don't like you, but we're going to remember these dates. <clears throat> October 20th is the next Pendulum Party over at Our Secret Spot. Uh, tickets will go on sale soon. And then the uh, we have just a few rooms left still for our big Escape to the Tropics. That is November 9th through the 13th. Mm, 8th. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. See, I told you, brain, I hate you. Stupid brain. St- stupid, sexy brain. Uh, November 8th through the 13th. I also love that you were like immediately. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> November 8th through the 13th is our escape to the tropics. If you want to find out more, you can express interest on RHP. You can email us. You can send us smoke signals, um, send nudes. I mean, that's not required, but I just like, <laughs> you don't even have to be interested in escape for that. <laughs> that that's fine. That's fine. Just. Send nudes. Um, so, and if you want to send nudes, one of the best ways to do it is by joining us on our Discord chat where you can send and see all the wonderful nudes of all the wonderful people. And that uh, you can achieve by supporting us at any level on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. And uh, yeah, you'll slide into our Discord DMs. Slippery, slippery. Slide yes. on in. Slip slide in. Today, <laughs> that wasn't slip sliding. It was slip slide in today. There you see go. what I did there? Yeah, I see. I made a uh-huh. a a wordtopia phrase thing that made you aroused. Yeah, totally. It happens. 
I'm like <laughs> semi. I got I got a semi pro on right now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm really. I think. I think I left my brain on the running track. I think you did. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. We'll get through it. <laughs> So yeah, a couple of things that are coming up here towards the end of the year. Very excited for some super sexy times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. It's about fucking time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vacation's coming up. Put my feet up. Maybe get somebody to massage my calves. <laughs> I could use that one right now. My calves are very That'd sore. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of running, which I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm actually... Becoming accustomed to it. Uh, you realize you're being recorded right now. I know, I know. And, and, and the person who forces you to run is listening to this podcast at some point. Uh-huh. And he, he's going to be like, he's, he's evil. Like, I don't enjoy running, but I'm starting to not hate it as much. Yeah, I mean. But I also found a really good playlist, so that helps. That does help. Yeah. I did find out that probably it's not the best thing when going uh, out for a jog to tell your friends that you're, you know, getting the runs. No, no, that means something very different, Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> what you doing? Oh, I'm going to go get me some runs. <laughs> Taking the runs. Yeah, that's very different. Um, so uh-huh. you just be careful. I'm learning the vernacular. There's a specific <laughs> vernacular to exercise, which I didn't know. It's like, it's like a secret code at a restaurant. Yeah, it's a secret language. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to double, double, you know, I want a, an animal style with, you know, cheese. I don't know. What does that mean in the running or the exercise world? I know what it means in like. Uh, double, double. Um, that's, I know what it means for in and out burgers. That's sit ups and push ups. Um, animal styles means instead of grunting, you go roar each time. <laughs> and then with cheese, look, I just need some more fat. So, like, <laughs> I, I start to, I think I'm sweating cheese now. <laughs> I'm sweating olive oil. Right. Okay. So, yeah, uh-huh. um, it's, it's good. But yeah, runs are bad. Yes, mm, they are. Yeah. Great. Um, also, people don't like it to say, you know, you've, you're hot to trot <laughs> at the trots. Yeah. That's yeah. don't do that either. No, I didn't realize there were so many poo jokes that were related to exercising when I started exercising. Mm. It's really a shame. Yeah. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like I might pass out there. But anyway, yes. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I love you're just letting me you're just like you're literally just feeding me microphone cord so I can hang myself with it. No, now now let's be honest with everybody out there in podcast land because you have very different motivation for running. Yes, and let's talk out. about that. Let's talk about that. Because this is not Bradford it's not because Bradford wants to get in shape, it's not because he wants to be fit, it's not because somebody told him he needed to. No, no. His motivation for running is because he goes to our local park and especially if you go in the late late afternoon evening twilight hours it's the most cruisy park in australia (laughs) there's a lot of guys cruising oh my god there are so many beautiful gay bi and straight men who jog there without underwear Uh uh-huh like things are bouncing around and they're just checking every, and there's, there's a particular corner that's known and they'll pass like, you and, and like, you know, they air quotes, wipe their hands on their pants. That does nothing but spread their cheeks. And I'm like, Oh, and I would walk 500 <laughs> miles and I will run 500. More. Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, breathtaking in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, what, yes. I, what I like is that I have a couple of exercise shirts that have like, you know, things written on them and they're all kind of cheeky, snarky, whatever. And what's interesting is that if I run around a particular loop multiple times, 
passing some of the same people, but they're going the opposite direction. Inevitably, the second or third time I pass them, they'll finally read the shirt and I'll see a little smirk or smile on their face and kind of a nod of acknowledgement. It's like, okay, so they're finally getting it. But it's the same thing. Like, you know, you're passing the same people again and again. I had that tonight with a big daddy bear Mm -hmm. who read my shirt on the second time pass that says easily corruptible. (laughs) And he kind of winked at me and I was like, "Mm, hello. Like, and you're always like, oh man, why couldn't this be on my walk stage? Why does it have to be on my run stage? (laughs) Like, fuck. You know what's going to happen was one night you're just going to give up and be like, fuck it. I'm not finishing my run. I'm going to go do this instead. Honestly, one night I might just collapse and die and hopefully Big Daddy Bear will carry me home. (laughs) Where do you live, little boy? I don't care. It's love me. (laughs) And, uh... You'll always be my daddy bear. <laughs> so, um, And I'd also like to say a big shout out to, uh, this is going to sound like a non sequitur, but I promise it's not. Um, on Sunday, we did a big Discord get together with uh, on Zoom. So we had all the people, uh, everybody who was on our Discord of Patreon supporters was invited to, were invited? I don't know, grammar, uh, to to pipe in and like talk. You could show your face, you couldn't, it didn't fucking matter. We just all sat around and chatted for a couple of hours. Well, as you do at 1030 in the morning, I had three glasses of bubbles and then two glasses of white wine and then ran. And so I know that there's a few people out there that were like, wait, you had five glasses of wine in two and a half hours and then immediately went and ran 3K. And the answer is, yes, I did. And bitch, I had my best time I've ever had. So clearly this machine runs on alcohol. Yeah, but also bubbles are smaller glasses, so they don't, you know, they don't count as like... Not the way I fucking pour them. (laughs) So, Uh I don't want to hear it. I had five glasses of alcohol. I had five servings of alcohol, and then... It just had you loose and limbered up, and you're just like, I don't care anymore. I was fucking ready. I was moving. Best time. It was my best time. Yeah. So, there you are. We are now an exercising podcast, apparently, but only with... (laughs) Only with daddy bears and alcohol. Daddy bears and alcohol. (laughs) Welcome to daddy bears and drinks. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Yeah. So Mm. that's, uh, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah. So there you go. All right. We've digressed enough. Yes. Yes, we have. Uh, So this week we are going to talk about compersion. So a while ago, we had like a while, while ago, we had someone put up on our discord asking like about upcoming podcast topics They said, can we dig a bit more into compersion? I found some research, but feel that it is misunderstood to be the utopia everyone should aspire to, by me to a degree. Listening to people's stories and thoughts is great, and I wonder if we can talk about people's journeys and add in some research. And there was a link to a paper, which I read, and I read some other papers about compersion, and I tend to agree with the person who posted this because... In all of these, they talk about feeling jealousy and compersion and whether it's innate, compersion is innate, or if it's learned. And then, you know, if you want to feel compersion, then you need to have good self-worth. You need to be secure, make sure your needs are met. You need to communicate with your partner, all the things you inherently know, right? Yeah, but also. Yeah, you inherently know these things. And then it talks about how you can build that compersion, I'm going to say muscle. And there's, you know, several different methods and ways that you can do it. And so, and try to kind of build that neural pathway in a way. And so they're interesting and they're good. But at the same time, I feel like 
it's almost like stating the obvious and maybe this whole thing is going to be stating the obvious. I don't know, but it, yeah. Not the whole thing. We talked about exercise for the first 10 minutes. But I also felt like, like they're right. Like there's a lot of different information from different places and some of it is very similar. Some of it's not, but I tried to assemble information from a lot of different sources and put it in some kind of cohesive manner which may or may not be cohesive we may just jump around a lot between all the notes i took jump around (laughs) what jump jump sorry Uh, i want to say just so folks at home know this is going to be one of those typical podcasts where angela has pages upon pages of notes and i'm gonna riff um i am like i feel i guess let's first start with a definition do you have like yeah. Is that, can you do that? Are you? That, that's my number one. What is Fantastic. It? Let's start with that. And then I already have opinions. Okay. So <laughs> Shocker. what is compersion? So there's a few different definitions depending on where you go as to exactly how it's worded. But this particular definition is wholehearted participation in the happiness of others. So it's the sympathetic joy we feel for someone else, even when their positive experience does not involve or benefit us directly. Thus, compersion can be thought of as the opposite of jealousy and possessiveness. So- the first, one of the early things that you said was, is it innate or not? And yeah. I am a firm believer that absolutely 100% it is innate. I think it is required for successful human beings, societies, and maybe that's the problem with the society now, is we aren't as compersive as we have the opportunity to be. But I think that compersion is innate. And I think that I see it all the time. I know that I feel it often, and I was trying to think of today because I knew we were likely going to talk about this. Like, when do I feel compersion? And like, it's tough because of that without any direct happiness for myself. Mm-hmm. But like, when I do training with with people, when they successfully figure something out, that joy that they feel from successfully figuring it out, yeah, maybe I've trained them on how to do it. But if it's something that they just worked out themselves and they they're so proud of it, like I'm super happy for them. And then like with Pippin, when, when we buy him a toy, that's actually comes at a cost for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that cost is very real. And yet the joy he gets from it, I'd like just watching it. Yeah. And so like, I don't feel like I'm getting right. I don't feel like I'm getting anything. Maybe I'm so, getting entertained. You could be pedantic and go, well, I'm, I'm actually, you're being entertained <laughs> by watching the dog's entertainment. Yeah. Now, I agree with you in that it is innate. However, and we'll touch on this a bit later as well as we talk about some of the other things, but I do think that it is also learned because I think that while it is innate, there are a lot of situations and there's some evolutionary benefit to where it is not a good thing to be compersive. I don't know if compersive is a word. It is now. We just said it. We, I already <laughs> said it once. You've said it once. It's yeah. a word. So... So I do think that, yes, we innately feel compersion, like it's a natural feeling. However, I also think there's a lot of times throughout history that that we as humans that may not have been beneficial, like resource guarding and things like when resources are scarce, then, you you know, you need to maybe hoard a bit more. We're not at that point in history, right? We have. Oh, we're getting close. Well, currently we have way too many resources. We have too much stuff. We have too much. And this, especially if we're talking about in relationships, love, love is not a finite resource. Yeah. And so it's not necessary, but yet society tells us that this is how you should feel. You should feel jealous. You should hoard these things. You should be possessive over this person or these people, whatever. And so I do think that, yes, it's innate, but I also think it is kind of 
beaten out of us to a degree, and then we have to relearn it. Yeah, and I won't I won't disagree with that. I do think that it is you have to exercise that muscle. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we are exercising <laughs> podcast now, but you have to. But also, you have to know what you're looking for, what it feels like, and maybe that's the problem. And I think that so many folks, oh my God, we are becoming an exercising podcast. So it's the equivalent of going from couch to a, I can do a marathon. Yeah. And that's unrealistic. And I think that a lot of people in the swinging polyamorous lifestyle, even kink lifestyle, they expect themselves to be able to feel the, like the person who said that it it feels maybe unrealistic yeah. that they they can't necessarily feel it. And of course you can't necessarily feel it out maybe out the gate. But I I promise that you are feeling it. You just maybe not for your partner in certain situations. Yeah. And it's also about recognizing when you do feel it. So yeah. let's back up a little bit and talk about where the term compersion comes from. So it is widely accepted. It, this is an interesting one. It, it's, accepted with quotes or widely? No, accepted? it's okay. widely accepted that the term compersion was coined by the Carista community in the 70s. Remember when we talked about the origins of polyamory? Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. So same, okay. same time, same place, same thing. Uh, so it was coined by that, that community. Um, they, and it says probably following the model of dispersion. They also say it could be a derivative from the root of the Latin verb, I'm going to totally butcher this, but partior, partior, P-A-R-T-I-O-R. That's where you try to get from point A to point B in the most creative (laughs) way possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Divide or share and the prefix come with. So. Yeah. I mean, it's always more fun when you come with. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's generally accepted that it came from that community in the seventies. However, if you look at more, I'm going to say mainstream sources, such as. You know, if you look at anything on YouTube or certain websites and things, they're not going to mention that. And so what they say instead is that it may be derived from the French compare, mm-hmm. partner, mm-hmm. and shun, S-I-O-N. So based on an earlier usage of the French comparage to denote the practice of brothers-in-law sharing wives, which was observed amongst uh. the Tupi people of the Brazilian Amazon. However, that's also less plausible. There's also other words that are very similar. So mudita in Sanskrit means pleasure that comes from delighting in others' well-being. Okay. And then une in Norwegian means to be happy on someone else's behalf. And apologies to anybody out there if I'm butchering your language because I probably am. Well, we butcher English <laughs> every week here. On it's true, actually. Podcast. Very true. So there's a lot of, there are other terms that are very similar to compersion in other languages. And so that feeling is recognized and you know, in, in other cultures, which is a really good thing. Um, but the actual origin, it depends on if you're going with the like more mainstream or the actual more probable, you know, origin of the word. Type yeah. Thing. So, yeah, I, look, I, and maybe it evolved differently in different circles. Yes. You know? But I still think we've got multiple sources with a name for the same sort of idea or feeling. And like that just, proves that it's something that we're all born with yeah. uh, or are at least capable of. It's, it's there. We just have to learn how to water it and, and help it to grow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a lot of times compersion is seen as the opposite of jealousy. So let's take a moment and have a look at jealousy. So what is jealousy? It's, um, and again, you're going to get different definitions depending on where you're looking, but generally it's feeling 
resentment of someone or their achievements, possessions, or perceived advantages. So it's kind of like the threat of the lack of something or someone. It's not necessarily not having it, but it's the threat that that thing might not be there at some point. Does that make sense? That thing being like a finite resource. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so like a person, a possession. Yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. So let's talk about then what drives jealousy. Uh, because a lot of people think jealousy is bad, that it's it's not something good. It's not something healthy, but it can be like jealousy is normal. So everybody feels it at some point about something or someone, but it is often tied to shame. And I think that's why people think that it's a bad thing is because as a society, we often tie jealousy to shame, but it isn't inherently coupled like they're they're not like inherently twisted and bound together. Yeah, it's interesting because I often, when we, because when shame comes up, I always think of Brene Brown uh-huh. and her definition, which is guilt is I've done something wrong. Shame is I am wrong. And I see that, we see that a lot with jealousy. And we see that a lot actually in the club when we go, is that people feel jealous and it ends up festering. It's like a splinter that becomes infected. And oftentimes people treat it just like you might with a regular splinter with alcohol. And that doesn't help it, right? That, that just causes more problems. Yeah, or they do, you know, equate it with shame. And so then they have a bit of jealousy, which is fine. It's okay. It's normal. But then they feel the shame that can go along with it. And then they think, I'm bad for feeling this way, that I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. I should be better. Right? And that's unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I, I Talking about the jealousy issue... Like I, I struggle feeling jealousy with you, mm-hmm. right? And I don't, I'm not sure why I, I, I'm, it might be because of how we started our relationship. Uh, but I, I, I feel jealousy in other things and I'm sometimes jealous when things you know, like it's for me, I think it's more fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. But again, even with that, I don't really feel that with, with you. I am, I've been jealous of other couples. Uh, when I see them, oh, look, they're off to going and playing. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was going and playing. Yeah. But again, I think that goes back to the fear of missing out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And other things that can be behind jealousy as well are anger, sadness, uh, that fear. So potentially of abandonment. Um, I think a lot of people have that again, just, you know, I don't want to be alone kind of thing. Yeah. And ultimately, I feel like the heart of it is some form of insecurity. So I think if we really distill it down and go back to like, what's at the heart of why am I feeling jealous? Yes, there could be a bit of fear and and shame or whatever, but I also feel like there's very often insecurities. And so what is it that that's telling us about ourselves? If we really like dig down into it. That I'm replaceable. (laughs) I mean, right? Yeah. Like like there's, I'm not the best fit. I'm not the best match. Or in that moment, right? Because what, there's something in that moment that that if let's take a play situation and your partner goes off with someone else that you've agreed that like, this is okay. You know, you're and so they go off with someone else. And then afterwards you feel a bit of jealousy and you're just like, Oh wait. And so then it is, what is it that is behind that? Like, you know, do, is it some kind of shame or fear or something like that? But more than likely there's an insecurity. And so what is it that do you really think they're going to leave you? Probably not. I feel oh, like yeah. we're all more rational than that, but also our irrational brains can take over sometimes, right? Yes. And alcohol is an amazing... Uh, <laughs> Lubricant for that? I was going to say um, Iago yeah. to, to your Othello. Yeah. But it also may bring up other insecurities in, in yourself, in the relationship, in, you know, a lot of things. And so I think taking a moment to kind of dig down 
even maybe not in that moment, depending on, you know, right, right, how it's yeah. going, but later on to kind of reflect on it and say, okay, what was it in that moment that maybe I was a bit insecure about? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I also feel like it's difficult for a lot of people, particularly if you're coming into swinging or open relationships from a more long-term monogamous relationship. We meet a lot of people that come into it after 15, 20 years of marriage. And jealousy is basically socially expected. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. And so a lot of times it's seen as proof of how much we care about or love someone, like how jealous you are shows like if you're more jealous over this person, then it shows that you care about them more, that you love them more. That's kind of what we're taught in society. It's bullshit. It's objectification. Yeah. It's bullshit. You're turning your love into a commodity. Yeah. And there's, there's like love and intimacy. It's not a finite resource, but that's basically what that's saying. And you think it's good to recognize that, you know, your partner can can give this love and attention to someone else and they still have just as much for you as they had before. Sometimes it's nice to get a break. <laughs> I, mean, I tend to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting because like, I know I, I'm, I can only relate it to myself in our relationship relationships. And it, it is funny because like I don't I'm trying to understand the jealousy thing and I'm trying to think if I was jealous with previous partners and. Then if I was or wasn't, which I don't think I have been, the question is, why is that? What was, how was I raised in a way that made me, because you talk about media. I think that the jealousy turn is part of every single romantic comedy that I've ever seen. It's that, uh, you know, that something happens that makes one of the two people victims of Mm -hmm. jealousy. And because you're right, it is literally everywhere. So I'm I'm kind of curious as to... Well, I can tell you that I was jealous towards the end of one of my relationships because my partner was cheating on me with someone else. But basically, you know, our relationship was breaking down right. and we both acknowledged that, but I wasn't getting what I needed out of the relationship. And yet he was giving it to this other person mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting it anywhere else. And so I was jealous because it was like, I want that and and like, and I should have that. In theory, right? But yes, I we made an agreement. Yeah, but I wasn't getting that. So it was, it wasn't an insecurity in that in that regard. It was more just the lack of my needs are not met. Like my basic needs as a person and as a part of this relationship are not met. And we'll talk about things to help develop compersion later. And that's one of them is you know to make sure that your basic relationship needs are met. And in that case, it wasn't. So then I was jealous because those needs were being met to someone else, not yeah. to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I, I think when my needs weren't being met, I was just sort of sad. And I, and I grew that acceptance of, well, this is how this is. Because I remember one of my first friends uh, after we got married, mm. uh, he and I both got married. He got married about eight months before I did. And he was like, well, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy the sex while you're still uh, free and single. Because once you get married, it stops immediately. And like, literally, that's what happened to him. And I was sort of ingrained with, oh, so once you get married, the sex dwindles. Mm. And I remember as the sex started to dwindle going, oh, okay, cool. This is, this is the normal experience, the normal life of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I was weird. We're all weird. But that's what, that's what we see, right? In media. And that's what you see on TV. And yeah, yeah, that's what you expect. And then you don't question whether it's normal or not. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, overall, you know, if you're feeling jealous, 
it's a normal feeling. It's okay. I think it was more just don't ignore it, face it, feel it, figure out what it is behind it. Don't judge yourself harshly for it, you know, because it's, we're going to feel it at some point. It's more yeah. just figure out what it's, what's behind it and, you know, what insecurity is there? What need is not being met? What do you want? Like, what's fueling that? It is interesting because you think of like the green eyed monster. We mm-hmm. give it a name of something that's scary that we don't want to f- face or deal with, but something we have to battle. Yeah. And I don't think that they don't battle it, but try to tame it, like domesticate it. There you go. Don't <laughs> fight your jealousy, domesticate it. Yeah. I think it's good to use it as a learning experience until it to kind of be like, okay, like I had this feeling. Why? And, and maybe it's something that you're like, no, I accept that and I'm okay with it. And, you know, maybe it comes up so rarely that you're like, that's fine. It's, it's okay. Or maybe it's something you're like, no, I really don't like this about myself or this situation or this feeling. So I want to do something about it. And so then use that as an opportunity to then grow. So you're basically saying, take the jealousy, domesticate it, (laughs) cultivate it, Uh milk it and make cheese. Yeah. There's your cheese. Yeah. Full circle. Jealousy cheese. Uh Cheesel-see? Jealousy (laughs) cheese. We'll workshop it. (laughs) Right. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You've heard us talk about it so many times. It's such a great game. We played it with all of our Discord friends uh, over the weekend. So it is called Curious Humans Game. Uh, so go to CuriousHumansGames.com and use checkout code by the by for 10% off. You can get the original base pack. You can get the kinky humans, the morbid humans, Aussie humans, and more at CuriousHumansGame.com.au. Use checkout code by the by. B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. Are you looking for some new sex toys? Aren't we all looking for some new sex toys? Well, if you are, go to AdamandEve.com. Use checkout code by the by. B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. For 50% off one of your items. Also, free shipping. Six videos on demand. Some extra little gifties thrown into your box. And it all comes shipped to you in this wonderful, like, nobody's going to know what is in there. It's going to be like the world's biggest fucking dildo that you could find on adamandeve.com. You got it for 50% off. It's a giant dildo. Like, it is a home defense dildo. But it comes to you. In an unmarked box so that, you know, your post person doesn't know that uh, you're about to shove this where the sun don't shine. You like it. They'd probably like it. That's right. Invite your post person in. Let them, uh, let them understand what's going on. But make sure you use checkout code by the by and tell your post person. Use checkout code by the by. B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. Okay, so we're going to put jealousy aside for the moment. Over there, in a box. Uh-huh. We're going to pack it away, and we're going to talk about compersion. Okay. So we've already defined compersion. 
Will you give the example that you always give about what is compersion? <laughs> I love this example, and it's it's still the thing that I think of. And now that some of our friends are having children, it pops into my head every time I see little videos of them. And that is, at a child's first birthday, you we often see the child get this piece of cake, and they may have never had a piece of cake. Or if they have, they've never had their own piece of cake. And they take it, and they might taste a little bit of it, and then they smash their face in it, and they grab it with their hands, and it just goes everywhere. And compersion is, you know, we don't look at that child and go, man, I wish I fucking had that piece of cake. No, we are happy for that child. We are loving watching the child's joy of eating this wonderful cake. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is what is sort of that, I think about that all the time, whenever I think of compersion, is it's that joy at that child, and I get nothing more than being happy for them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that example. It's, it's, I think it's something that everyone can relate to. Um, another example that came up amongst all of when I was looking into all the different sources of stuff, uh, another example that came up was basically you see your ex walking into a store with their new partner and child, and you can either be angry and mad at them, or you can empathize and be happy that they're now happy. That's a harder one for some people, but I think, and, and it's hard because it's situational, right? Like some people's exes do really bad things and they, yes. maybe they deserve anger. But a lot of times we're angry with our exes because society says we're supposed to be angry with our exes. Yeah. And, and it's, but, but it's just, it's such a heavy resource to carry that anger. And so, you know, I think it is, if you can let go of that and just be like, yeah, okay, you're happy now. I'm really happy that you're happy. And ultimately, when you're happy, you want them to be happy that you're happy and not create more problems, right? Yeah. So you look like you're about to say something. Oh, it's just, it always, in, I'm always interested by that because I, you hear people talk about their exes and yes, you're absolutely right. There are some exes that are horrible humans, mm. but they're just, that's just the truth of humans. Some humans are horrible humans. But I think that what we need to remember is you loved that person at some point. Yeah. Why did you now you have to hate them? Some people fall out of love. Some people cheat. Some people do things that are unscrupulous. And look, as long as it, you know, as long as it's not like horrible murdery things yeah. or, or just morally corrupt, like you loved this person once. Why is it now? Because society tells you, oh, you're supposed to dislike that person. Yeah. yeah. So I have one other great compersion story that okay. uh, it's analogy and it's, we see them on TikTok and Instagram a lot which is when service people go overseas for a very long time and then they come back and they see their dogs for the first time and it's anywhere from six months to three years and the dog goes yeah. fucking ape shit. No one ever is like, oh man, I wish, I wish somebody would lick me in the face like that. I'm like, okay, maybe you do, <laughs> but you also aren't like mad that, that, okay, it's a bad example, but you know what I mean? Like you, but, but you're you happy have, for the dog, yeah. you're happy for the person. Yeah. You understand that that joy and you get nothing out of that. Yeah. All you're getting is the joy that they're feeling. And I think that that's the, for me, that's kind of the neat thing about compersion is it's almost like contagious joy. And that, that's the way I often think about it is I see the pleasure that you're receiving. And I say, you like Angela, you're my example, but uh, true of all of our partners, I see the pleasure that you're receiving. I see the pleasure that you're giving. Mm. I see the pleasure that maybe the other person is receiving. And suddenly like a siphon, I start receiving some of that pleasure as well. And it's just yeah. like, I'm just happy that you're there happy. And like it, that's the way I often imagine it. I've like, I think that you can do that without thinking, I wish it was me. Yeah. 
I think it's a slippery slope. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wishing it was you. Mm. In fact, I think that's completely healthy. But at the same time, I don't think that you should say, I wish it was me instead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, stop what you're doing. Yeah. Stop what you're doing and pay attention to me. Like, that's, I think that's unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to notice when you're feeling jealous and, and beyond the reasons behind it and unpacking that potentially later, but in that moment, even what does it physically feel like? So if you can recognize the signs, because whenever we have these feelings come up, there's a physical manifestation of that. Mm. So if you can recognize, start to recognize those physical signs and, and, you know, especially if it's a, a common feeling for you, then, you know, you'll have opportunity to say, what does this physically feel like? Like, do I get hot? Do I start to get sweaty? Do I get like butterflies in my stomach? Does my mouth get dry? Like, what are these physical signs of when I start to really feel jealous? Do I need a beta block? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. And then, so then you use that knowledge to start to recognize when those feelings are starting to arise, when they're coming up. And you can then, as you learn tools to, to deal with it and to build compersion, you can reach into that toolbox and, and start to use some of those tools in that moment. And it takes time. It takes patience to build this. Like you said, it's a muscle. Yeah. And it's something that we've forgotten, I think, as a society how to use in this type of a situation. Like with kids and with pets, sure. But in our partner relationships, we've forgotten how to do it. And so I think, you know, recognizing some of those physical symptoms, some of like when it's happening... And reaching into that toolbox of ways that you prior to have determined that like this helps. And it may not stop it. Of course, it may not stop it. But it might at least help you to not have as strong of a reaction in that moment. And I'll add to that the flip side to that, which is whenever you think you're feeling compersion, focus on it. Laser focus on it. Mm-hmm. And again, feel like try to focus on the physical manifestations that you're getting from that feeling. And like when I watch those goofy videos, I often think about like, why do I feel this way? And what, like, what is, what does this say about me? And what is, well, how does this feel? And then you nurture that and you remember that and you may not be able to feel it immediately when in a different situation, maybe your partner situation, but sometimes all you need is a little push in the right direction. And then you can be like, oh yeah, now I can recreate this feeling and, and it grows without you even really realizing it. Yeah. You're developing your empathetic skills. Yeah. So you're reaching into that empathy bag and you're saying, okay, how do I feel more empathy in this situation or for this person or, you know, whatever that is. Um, yeah. And cause I think ultimately we all know that the reason why we're doing this is we want more intimacy with our partner. Mm. But part of that is it, and it, we'll also talk about this in a bit, but like, what is our relationship structure and how does that look and how do we then grow our intimacy within that structure? Yeah. And it's going to be slightly different for everybody, right? And I think that you can sort of nurture those feelings in non-sexual ways. Mm. So I, like, I think of like you and cherry tomatoes. It's going to mm. sound like a non-sequitur. <laughs> I do not like, I don't love raw tomatoes. I'll eat them if they're like part of something like a pico de gallo or a salsa, but like you see a cherry tomato and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to eat it like it's a grape. Nom, like nom, you, nom. Yeah, yeah, and you nom, nom, nom. And I'm like, Ugh. but watching you eat a cherry tomato, it's it's such a joyous thing. It's the juicy bursting. I can tell when it pops in your mouth. Your eyes do this little twitchy thing when it happens. <laughs> and then you kind of do the shiver at, the, at your shoulders. Like, I love watching you eat cherry tomatoes, partially because it's fucking hilarious. And partially because I know the amount of joy that you get from that. And I think that that's the other thing. If if your partner has a hobby that you're not into, mm-hmm. like you watch me play Fortnite and when I win, you're always like, oh, well, yay. And you, it literally means nothing to you. But you're like, you're happy that I'm happy. And I think that, you know, 
that's part of the that's part of the experience is taking things that maybe are non critical relationship things and learning to feel that feeling there. And then you can move it into the more critical relationship things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and like we always say too, communicate, communicate, communicate. Like I think in this case, over communication is key because you need to be specific. You need to speak often. You need to speak quickly if something comes up. So let your partner know right away so that it can be kind of nipped in the bud and dealt with at that time. But you just, yeah, the more you communicate about, like the more you communicate before you go into a situation, while you're in a situation and after that situation and unpack it. And, and even if something happens, then the next time you're going to, you're going to at least be in a different position, right? Because you will have talked about it and you will have worked through some of this and just that constant, constant, constant communication. And I'm going to say, particularly in the early days, if you're opening up a relationship, but early days can be years in. And it never stops. It never, ever, ever stops. Like always, always, always communicate and over communicate. If you think that you're communicating too much, you're probably just enough. Yeah. I, I, 1 million percent. And I'll, I'll add to that too. If you're the person who is on the receiving end of this, cause you said talk fast, give that person the time, like maybe come up with a pre, like you've got, like, you can say, I need 90 seconds yeah. or I need two minutes or three minutes. And basically when the person who says that then gets 90 to whatever, however long of uninterrupted time just to speak and don't try to, oftentimes we have, we all have the bad habit of trying to either defend ourselves, protect ourselves or negate another person's feelings. We all do that. Or worse, we try to bring it back towards me. Enough about you. Let's talk about me. Um, and that's that's a dangerous pit to fall in. Which is the next point I had is that Ooh. acknowledge that compersion does not create a tit for tat situation. So like I allowed you to do X. So that means I get to do Y. Oh, my gosh. Just out of retribution, not because I want to, yeah. but just because you got to do it. So fuck it. I'm going to do the same thing. And so that way you can see what I felt, even though they probably won't feel exactly what you felt because they're not you. Yeah. So I think it's you got an STI. So fuck it. I'm going to go get an STI. <laughs> it's just only fair Angela yeah I think it's Angela didn't get an STI just FYI no but I do think it's important to recognize that retribution is not the way to correct this right like it's not a tit for tat it's not it's not a you made me feel bad oh there we go it's not even a you made me feel bad which is what you're gonna say yeah but actually it's not the situation made you feel bad right that's a really good point it's not your partner that made you feel bad it was the situation um but it's not a that I felt bad in this moment, so therefore I want you to feel bad at some point. That's not helpful in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's good. That's healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it, but we all do it at some point. I know, right? but I think it's so funny because like, we all... I, I suffered, so you have to suffer. We do that if, with emotional pain, but we rarely do that with physical pain. <laughs> it's sort of like, right? Because think about if you did... Like, that's the thing. Think about if you did it with physical pain. Like, oh, shit. You moved the ottoman and I just jammed my toe into the ottoman because it was dark and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. You know what now? Now you have to run through the house and I'm going to move all the furniture around until you hurt yourself. No, no, no. I'm just going to take your foot and like jam it. Oh my God. I'm going to get the hammer. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go full misery on you. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm just going to smash your hammer. Like (laughs) think about that. I'm going to smash your hammer. I'm going to smash your toe with this hammer. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. And I'm going to feel so much better. Like, I mean. That only works if you're both switches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You flogged me, now I get to flog you. <laughs> I, 
Yeah. Right. It's the only time that really works. <laughs> Even then it's not for the right reason. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, unless you both really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think another thing to do too is to <laughs> fo- focus. You made me wreck my car. Now I'm going to wreck your car. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is car a euphemism? Oh my God. It could be. Yeah. I'm going to park in your garage. <laughs> Don't worry. It's, it's a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in, in other ways <laughs> to help us, um, foster compersion, I think it's important to recognize that an open relationship structure in whatever way your relationship is open has more positives. It like you opened up your relationship for a reason and you saw good reasons for that. Like you, you were like, there's these positive things that we're going to get out of opening up our relationships. And yes, there's negatives. There's always negatives to it. Right. But it's then focusing on those positive reasons and trying to embrace that and not focusing on the negative reasons. So I think just kind of shifting your focus on, I'm going to pay attention to these things and the negatives, you know, they're they're there, sure, but let's not focus on those because that's not what we actually want to pay attention to. Yeah, look, I I agree and disagree on that one because like, I think you need to, and you didn't say, you did say that, like, I th- do you think you need to be very aware of the negatives? Yeah, you, need you need to, to acknowledge cog- them, cognizant yeah. and don't just sweep them under a rug. And I think that's, that's what a lot of couples do is they go, oh, we aren't even going to acknowledge the negatives because we want this to work. We want it to be positive. So they just put them in a closet and they close the door and we never open the door and look at them. Mm. And I think that is the absolute worst thing because mm. that's how you get mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, you need to. Although I love mushrooms. You need to acknowledge the negatives, but at the same time, you don't want to focus on that. Because anytime you're focusing on something, then that becomes the center of it, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. not healthy. That's not what you want. And especially if the positives outweigh the negatives. And if they don't, then maybe you need to reevaluate your relationship structure. Yeah, maybe it isn't the right thing for you. Yeah. Um, I think as well, like talking about relationship structures and things, it's like, because there's a lot of ways to have open relationships and some people will only play together with either other couples or other singles or whatever it is. Others will play separately. And I think from, I'm going to say my experience and from what I've seen, that a lot of times jealousy comes up more so when people are playing separately with yeah. other people. And and I think it can be, I mean, it can just be like you could be there watching them and then all of a sudden feel jealous for whatever reason. And that's okay. But it can also happen a lot if you're playing separately and then like say your partner is out with someone on a date and you're home with the kids or you're just sitting there watching TV and you're not occupied. So I think if your partner's out at some big theater opening and you're at home working on a podcast, trying to (laughs) edit a podcast. Does that ever happen, Angela? That happens sometimes. Um, But I think it's, you know, it's, one of those things that you need to, if you know that, and this goes back to recognizing when you're, when you feel jealousy, but if you know that that's a situation, either way you may, if it hasn't happened yet, or that you know that, yeah, this is a trigger for me, then try to make yourself be busy, quote unquote, or doing something that you enjoy. Even if you are home with the kids, like put on some music that you enjoy, throw on, I don't know, a movie or something, but have a friend over or call somebody and talk to them for a bit. But try to occupy yourself in a way that is fun and, 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 you know, engaging for you in a way that you're not just sitting there festering the whole time. Yeah. Um, another thing that I had on my list, and this goes back to, again, it's kind of like the focusing on the positive thing because it's all about changing your mindset. 
expose yourself if you're not already. Expose your. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not at a school. <laughs> no, no. Expose yourself to more open relationship content, more poly content, more things that show you the positive in these the relationship structures, and not things that are like I'm jealous because my partner's out with somebody kind of thing or whatever. Um, but the, again, the more that you see this type of thing, the more normal it becomes. And, and so it's, it's just, again, about kind of, you know, shifting your, your mind frame around these types of things. Uh, yeah. And there are some great YouTube channels. There's some amazing Instagram. There's a lot of good stuff on it. Some, so much good stuff on Instagram. Big shout out to, uh, Polyam fam. I absolutely love his work. Uh, it's just Polyam fam. So, um, He's a just an amazing like every day he comes out with something that's clever, smart. I wish I, he's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish mm-hmm. that I could be more like them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so mm-hmm. check them out. And again, like if you know you, if especially if your partner has other partners or you have other partners that you've not met. So again, this is assuming that you're not seeing people together. But if they have other partners, meet the other partners and humanize them. So if they become human and they're not just this entity out there that your partner is now with, as opposed to you. So I think making them a known rather than un- unknown helps. And, and it's also good to remember that your partner chose you, your partner chose them. So there's something in them that's good, right? You already have something in common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that may not be somebody you would choose for yourself, but clearly your partner sees something in them. So I think it's it's good to remember that as well. And then, like I mentioned before, when I was talking about my example with jealousy, is having security in your relationship, making sure your needs are met. I think that's yeah. probably one of the more important things, is just make sure that whatever you need out of your relationship, you're getting, because otherwise, it, I think that's the basis of it all, right? Like, if, if our needs aren't fundamentally being met, then we need to work on that first before we go outside of the relationship. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then the only other thing I've really got before we go to some questions is to anticipate compersion. So if you're in, say, a club setting and Bradford's going to go off and play with somebody, then rather than setting myself up, and again, I mean, maybe it's just me playing mind games with myself, but rather than setting myself up to think, oh, he's off playing with this person, what's he doing? And like, you know, kind of building that festering and those, those thoughts of like, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, then I instead anticipate compersion. And so if I, you know, think, oh my gosh, I'm so glad he's getting to do this. Like that person's really hot or I can, I bet they're really great with this or whatever. And if I start to frame it that way and I'm anticipating that compersion instead, then I'm much more likely to feel the compersion. It it does mean that if jealousy rears its ugly head, that it's going to smack me in the face a bit harder, but it's also hopefully less likely to happen. So, yeah. But I don't know. I think a lot of it is just around communication with your partner. Like, like I said, over communicating, recognizing what is the reason for jealousy, because there's always a reason and you may not know it in that moment and maybe you don't figure it out, but I don't know, like just, yeah, just see how you can deal with it. But also like some jealousy is okay. Yeah. Like, it's no, not absolutely. all bad. Yeah. I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And so one of the questions that we had from discord is, is compersion a utopia to aspire to? And is there a correct way to do it? And I think the answer to both of those is no. Like, it's not a utopia to aspire to because ultimately then that means our relationships are absolutely perfect and there's no growth or change in us. And I think that's 
unrealistic. Yeah, We're never going to get there. I don't think it's a utopia to aspire to, but I definitely think it is. I don't think it's uh, misplaced to aspire to feel compersion on a daily basis, both within and outside of your relationship. I think that yeah. that feeling compersion in the workplace uh, with with your pets, with your partner, like with all of, with your children, like I think that it is something that is, it's paramount and will ultimately make you a better human. That does not mean that you'll be living in a utopia, but I do think that it is something that it's a muscle. And Mm -hmm. like I said before, you're not going to win a marathon right out the gate, but if you exercise that muscle with things that, that you know you can do and maybe, you know, put the partner off, you don't have to, like we're going to start with a couple of K, then we'll move to 5K, then we'll move to the marathon, like, or the triathlon or whatever. Like start with something that you know you can do and start to be able to recognize that feeling. And then with the, is there a right way to do it? No, but there are a lot of wrong ways to do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and ultimately it is going to be a personal thing. And so it is yeah. figuring out what's the right way for you and your relationship and your partner partners. And like you said, yeah, I don't think it's a utopia to aspire to, but it is something that we should aspire to have more of in our lives and particularly in our relationships. If this is a relationship structure that we want, then it's helpful to have more of that in our lives. And so figure out how do we get that and how do we practice that? And even if you don't have an open relationship, it's good to have compersion for a partner or your friends or anybody in your life. Yeah. 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 Uh, So one of the other questions was, does compersion change based on relationship type? And so I think this also kind of goes with an, another one, which was with boundaries and relationship dynamics, does that impact how you feel compersion and the level of compersion? So I'm probably not the person to answer this. <laughs> because again, I think of the compersion I feel for you when you're playing with the gentleman mm-hmm. and the compersion I feel for Pippin when we get him a new squeaker toy. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Like when I get the gentleman a new squeaker toy that we get to play with together. Right, right. <laughs> um, it's, I, and I know that's weird. And I know that's, I, that's why I don't think I'm the best person mm-hmm. to answer this. Because for me, I, I maybe I, I feel like I do really try to flex my compersion muscle mm-hmm. every day. Um, it's, it might, might be the only muscle that I have that is of any, that's not atrophied. Uh, but yeah, I... So I actually do think that it can change because I think that, but again, it, it, I think it can change, but it also depends on the, the relationship because I think if a couple does play together versus playing separate, yes, that, that compersion can look very different because when you're playing with others together, you're in the room, you're seeing, you have direct knowledge and direct input as to what is happening. And I think it's, Especially in the early stages, it is perhaps easier to feel compersion because, again, knowledge and communication, right? Whereas if you're playing separately, then there's less communication in the moment, of course. Hopefully there's a lot beforehand and a lot afterwards, but it can still not always feel great. And especially if one person's been out and like I said before, somebody else is stuck at home or stuck at work or not doing something fun, not doing something exciting. And then the one comes in super pumped up after a play and the other one's not that, you know, they're different energy levels and they're, they're different places. And so then it's, does the other one that they're coming home to, does that one then feed off of that energy and embrace that thus bringing the compersion to it? Or 
do they feel bad because this other person had this really great time? And so then, you know, it's kind of which way do you face it and which way do you look at it? Yeah, it's interesting because for me, I, I think I took that question in a different, from a different point of view in that I feel like the compersion feels the same. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that you see it might be different. And I would, I'm using see it in a, um, imagine looking at something through a microscope or in just with the naked eye or with binoculars. Mm-hmm. It might take you a different tool to figure out what it is, but the knowledge of, of seeing it sure. is, feels the same to me. Now, yeah, and it, it's interesting because like, I, I, maybe I, maybe it's just me again. Like when you come home from something, I feel like I try to be mm-hmm. pumped up and be like, Oh yay. How was it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I would agree that the compersion itself feels the same, but how you approach it and how you get there can be yeah. different. Yeah. I will agree with that. Yeah. Walk in yeah. public transport, limousine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it is, and it is going to be different. You know, this question was about relationship type and, and boundaries and dynamics and, and yeah, how you get there is going to be different, but it's yeah. also going to be different for every couple because we all or have human. Yeah. Cause we all have different backgrounds. We all have different experiences and baggage that we bring to things. And some of it's good, some of it's bad, but it's all going to influence how we see and how we approach these things. And I think it's important to remember that compersion can change, it can shift, and it can grow over time, like we do as humans. And you, like you said, Bradford, you practice it with the little things first, and it may not feel completely natural, but the more you practice, the more you recognize it, the more you're like, this is what it feels like, this is how I get there, and it becomes more natural as you do that. And it just, it takes time, it takes practice, intention, experience, and it's, it's just like learning anything new is or building up that muscle and, and being able to, to experience this compersion in a way. I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> yeah, but you're too sore to get up and do anything about it. I also need to shower. <laughs> Not showered yet. Yes, I'm also very sore. <laughs> in my mind, the things I'm doing. Beautiful. That was No, it was very well put. That was very, very articulate, very yeah. well put. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, there's a lot to compersion, and I feel like we've only touched the tip of the iceberg, but there's a lot behind it, a lot behind jealousy, and and it's it's feelings, and we're human, and all we can do is try to communicate with our partners about it as much as possible and try to work through where is this coming from, what do we do? Do we need to take a step back for a bit? Like, you know, in this moment, fine, let's get out of here, let's go. Like, we, yeah. this isn't the time or the place, something's happened, Right. And it may be, it might be even just for a little while, let's take a break and you never know. But again, it's a muscle. It's something to learn. It's something we should all aspire to at some level and yeah, practice it. Yes. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. So what are your experiences with compersion? Let us know. You can join us on our discord by supporting us at any level on patreon.com slash by the by podcast, or you can email us the atoms of love at gmail.com. If you want, you can hit us up on any of our socials. We are at By the By Podcast on Instagram or the Facebooks, or go to our website, www.bythebye.com.au. You can reach out to us via the contacts page. We always love to hear from all of our listeners. So we will see you next week. Hopefully you feel good about yourself. You feel good about your partner. And, you know, just don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, give yourself a break. We're all learning. We're all growing. That's right. Just be good people.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 